The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, December 10th, 2018, season 14, episode number 93. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And today we get to talk about the thrilling Cowboys victory over the Philadelphia Eagles, 29-23 in overtime. Um, a game that, as Dave told us last week, puts the Cowboys right in position to be, what, 98%? Uh, to make it's the playoffs combined with a Redskins loss yesterday, it's like 99, 99%. It looks like they're going to win the division after starting the season three and five to now be at eight and five. It's you remarkable said stuff. It's December 10th. The Cowboys lost to the Titans on November the 5th, which means we did a show on November the 6th. So 34, 35 days ago. And I'm sure at that point, Amber was like, they're dead in the world. Oh, we definitely didn't say that. It was just Amber. Like, none of <laughs> no, the No, Amber other. definitely. Whatever. Yeah, none Amber of the other. I always look at the bright side. I knew it all along. I knew that this. Oh, single, the optimist on this show? Of course. I knew the single most amazing turnaround in team history would happen. Absolutely. That's what Garrett does. What? He, he finds a way to turn it around, get you right there where he needs to be. Garrett has uh, never had never been in the position he was in back then, and he's definitely never done what he's doing right now. It's amazing. The, no, yeah, absolutely different story. I'm talking about the the result itself of getting you right to the playoffs. Every other year, man. Every even year. Nick, tell me, give me a big picture coming out of yesterday's game. There was so much that happened in a game like that. A lot of shifts. Cowboys had so many opportunities. They they were dominant defense. What was your big picture thing that you left that game with? Uh, Dak, you know, typically I get the opportunity to to write a column, and that's that's all that I kept thinking of was just Dak Prescott and the fact that he was playing poorly. I mean, this team had a chance to kind of put the Eagles away. They were out playing them. They were moving the ball, but they just weren't getting it done. He was missing some throws. He kind of got the Eagles back in the game. And But I kind of said, and I even said that to you, that, you know, this is just Dak to go down the field and, and, and drive him to win the game. I didn't think he was going to do it three times. I didn't think he had to do it three times. But as Jason Garrett said, I think Garrett lost character a little bit in the press conference and said, that guy we got playing quarterback, he's a tough son of a bitch. And that's not typically what Garrett would do in a press conference. There's the only way to say it. And that's a, that's my, my thought. He's not Troy Aikman and he's not Tony Romo. He's Dak. It's what you got. And it's pretty good sometimes. Amber, what's your big picture? I mean, it's just, again, it's it's just amazing to see what this team has been capable of in the past five weeks since the changes that they made in the O-line. Amari Cooper, all that combined yesterday – I mean, we were talking, you and I, and it was like, you know what? I, maybe they don't get this win. You know, you start getting nervous. And it's like, crap, maybe this is kind of it. But no, they figure out to to make it happen. And wow, Amari Cooper, I'm just amazed by the things that he can do and how well he's playing along with Dak Prescott and how that has completely changed the offense and how they're able to move. Now, one of the things is, the red zone, I'm still pretty upset at that. We will get to that. But we'll get to it. But just overall, Amari Cooper combined with Dak, combined with Zeke. 
and O-line. Dave, you started the show shaking your head. No, I don't know if it was because you're just in disbelief at where we are and still. Hell yeah, still I'm in disbelief. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, um, my main takeaway is all the fun things we can do with have yourself a merry little Christmas. Like that's my <laughs> Oh, they're main, all coming out now. That's my they're main takeaway. Out. That's all I care about. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I, that, that game just encapsulates uh, the absurdity and the greatness of football, really. It's like, I mean, it was, it was an awful game. Like, let's call it what it was. It was crap for, for three quarters. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. You, six, six nothing nice. lead. Like, you're zipping up and down the field. You're not scoring points. Dak, Dak was awful. Dak was playing the worst game of his life up until the fourth quarter, really. Um, the, uh, you know, it, 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 was ugly like literally i was thinking about all the people who aren't nfc east fans who were had to be subjected to america's game of the week and then it turned into must see riveting amazing television you knew that was coming though did i mean i think everybody should probably, have. and you that was have. the anticipation of all of that is that you knew at some point this thing was going to explode but that's that's what makes it so great is like football really is the ultimate team game like it really is like you know a, a switch flips and all of a sudden dak is nails and Amari Cooper looks like he's worth three first-round picks. And then quietly, the defense does not look like the unit that carried them to this point. You know, they, I mean, the Eagles were moving the ball at will on them by the end of the game. And, and you know, as they carried the slack in the first three quarters, Dak picks up the slack for them the rest of the way. It just... Uh, just absolutely crazy and, and fantastic. And I agree with Nick. Like, it's... Uh, there's so much about Dak Prescott that you can't quantify on a stat sheet, and I think you saw that yesterday. Gave the ball three times, gave it to the Eagles three times, and still was able to make a comeback. It, it was going to be the worst game of his career until the fourth quarter. Like, there's just no doubt about it. That's We talked, you know, the, the 29-23, which that's another thing. that It's eerie how similar that game was to the 2016 one. I've been talking about it on Twitter nonstop, but... We criticized Dak for playing poorly in that game, and he only turned it over once. Mm-hmm. He turned it over three times yesterday. Yep. Almost four. Almost last could have been one. a fourth. You're absolutely right. And uh, for him to pull that thing out of the fire, and for the, his teammates to have the confidence that he would, like, I don't know. I, you know, there's like an argument about whether clutch is a real thing in sports, kind of like momentum. Like, I don't have a definitive answer to that, but Dak has it, and that's, I mean, that's been a component of his story since he got here but he just kind of emphasized that last night yeah you look at his numbers yesterday he was 42 of 54 uh 78 completion percentage 455 yards three touchdowns two interceptions 104.9 passer rating but the most remarkable part of that and this was uh floating around the internet last night i'm sorry twitter last night uh was if you look at just what he did in the fourth quarter and overtime that's where the remarkable nature of his play yesterday came it was 17 of 20 85 completion rate 243 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 156.1 quarterback rating. That's in the fourth quarter and in overtime, the time of the game when you really need your quarterback to do big things. And he showed up in a huge way and no short, I mean, no, no, no lack of uh, giving credit here to Amari Cooper because a lot of what happened for him was because of Amari Cooper making great plays with the ball once he had it in his hands. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for that. Like, I mean, obviously a couple of that is just Amari Cooper being a freak. But 
the throws still had to be there. The drive still had to be engineered. And what? That's another, you know, I'm just reciting things off of Twitter right now. But uh, this crappy defense right there by 41. I don't even know yeah. what 41 is. But he wasn't man. even. I mean, this is a guy, again, their, their secondary is really beat up. And it, it was kind of shocking to me that in that situation where um, Amari Cooper is, is out there, it's in the crunch time of the game that they would get this guy lined up, that the Eagles would call a defense where he's in man coverage on the outside without safety help. Uh, that was pretty. That was just pretty much, a, in my opinion, a bad defensive call by the Eagles, and the Cowboys made them pay. Stat, uh, a guy I love to follow on Twitter by the name of Scott Kazmar. Uh He's a Pro Football Writers Association member and a Football Outsiders uh, writer. Dak is 13-9 and nine in game-winning drive opportunities since coming into the league. He's got an 83.1 quarterback rating in those situations, which is the highest in the NFL since 2006. Impressive. Dude, I mean, he's nails. And that I, it's fascinating because you can go back and forth all day. Like, he was really bad leading up to that fourth quarter. He, he has his flaws. He's not all that accurate compared to other NFL quarterbacks. Uh, he's left... Plenty of throws out there, including yesterday. He missed Michael Gallup again on what could have been a huge play. Um, when the game's on the line, the dude delivers. And maybe even more importantly than that, like everybody in this organization trusts that he will, too. Like he's, like I said, he's got that it factor. Nick, and there's no denying it. You wrote an article last night that you mentioned mm-hmm. about him. Are you at all concerned? I know you talked about this is what Dak yeah. is, and, but are you at all concerned about? what you saw in the first three quarters as you move forward, um, knowing that, you know, yeah, he's, he might get it together, but if you're playing a better team, yeah. maybe you don't have a chance to get it together to be able to win a game like Without that. Without a doubt. I mean, you have to be concerned. I mean, if, if the Saints would have kind of figured things out like the Eagles did on that defense, they, they probably would have won the game because Dak never really did figure it out uh, in that game. So, you know, every game's a little bit different. You're going to lose like that, and I even wrote that. You're going to lose with him playing that way, and, and you have to kind of – uh, take that chance, but but like Dave said, when you get to that point in the game, the defense allows him to be that kind of quarterback. Right now, the defense will help him. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fans that are are upset with him and they they think he has bad throws and all that, and he misses some open guys. He does. He's not a accurate quarterback all the time, but he's got those those measurables that you just can't quantify sometimes, and he knows how to get it done. I think the thing that helps him as well is when you look at Amari Cooper, I think the best part of his game, well, I shouldn't say the best part, one of the great things about his game is his ability to move the chains. You look at yesterday, there were four times on third down they went to him. Three of those four got converted. Um, he is a chain-moving wide receiver. What? and I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but I, And I think that that's a real value not only for him, but it also helps Dak Prescott when you have a receiver who has such precise routes and gives you a great opportunity on third down to, to get an open receiver that he can get the ball in his hands. And by the way, there are some times he'll turn that short route, that route that's right. just the first down, that's what into I was, a touchdown. I, that gives you the complete wide receiver, and that's what we're seeing from him. That's what I was about to say. When you look at the – I think he's got four big plays here for touchdowns the last uh, couple of games, three games. He has obviously the seventy-five and the ninety, and then the 40. the forty-yard, and then this one was what? What was twenty-eight? This? Twenty-eight. Yeah. That one was the only one where he kind of just ran by deep. The other three are like short to to you know mid-range, and then he does he goes, the rest. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a deep throw. The seventy-five was deep, but then he did the other half himself because you can't understate that with how bad this team is in the red zone too he scored no doubt. four of his six touchdowns think, from outside the red zone. I think your tweet was was really. 
important that you said in the middle of the game. Now, they did get good play from the tight end, but when they get down in that red zone, I think that's what they're missing. Don't get in the red zone. (laughs) Just stay behind. (laughs) They're they're missing a tight end. They're they're missing a tight end that is capable of to say, all right, if you want to play this way, this tight end will block and we'll we'll move it. Or you want to play it this way, this tight end will get over. The Cowboys don't have that. I was impressed last night, though. He targeted a tight end 11 times, and out of the 11 times, everybody caught the ball. Blake Jarwin. Rico was backwards, but that's okay. Hey, he still yeah, caught it. Yeah, he still caught it. It was one play. <laughs> so everybody, everybody was 11-11? Yeah. I, I, real, 11, I knew Jarwin was 7. Every, Jarwin was 7-7 seven seven, uh, for 56 yards. Schultz yeah. was 3-3 three of three for 37. And then Rico oh. was 1-1 one of one for negative. It was <laughs> by far their best game of he the year. He caught it. Yeah. Uh, and, I, th- I mean, I thought Jarwin made one of the underrated plays of the whole night with, uh, you know, the spinning adjustment yeah. to the ball that Dak threw behind him. Um, yeah, that was that was that's another pass by Dak where it's like it's easy and you throw it too hard and oh. behind him, but he yeah. still made the he play. made the catch. He yeah. was bad until the fourth quarter. There's no, I mean, the Jarwin ball, um, the the set the pick to Gallup, the the pick that he threw that set up the Eagles touchdown was just this. You can't miss like that. Carolina, you know? this was Carolina. He was playing poorly, but but the difference is, is you know, Carolina had scored just enough. To, you know, he he couldn't bring him back in time. But, I mean, yeah, playing that way is going to get you beat. But, but you know, one thing I will say on those uh, – on when you get in those goal-to-go type situations, um, yesterday was a good example of it when the Cowboys were first in goal at the five. Um, they did exa- – the Philadelphia Eagles did exactly what Linehan says that they're seeing, which is they put eight men in the box. And the Cowboys spread them out. They had three wide. They still put eight men in the box, and they manned up on all three of those guys – and when you see that, the natural inclination is basically this team is daring you to throw the ball. And I'm starting to get to a point where I'm like, okay, I get it. So if you want to say that we just it, it doesn't make sense to run in that situation, he's probably right. It doesn't make sense. So here's the thing. You got one of two options. If you can figure out how to run against an eight-man box, well, you better be better passing the ball. And, and if you got man coverage on all three of those guys on the outside and you can't manage to get touchdowns at a better percentage than they're doing right now, that's the problem. You need to figure out how to pass better in those situations. I, I, I tell you, did you see the Bears last night when they get down in there? Did you see that package where they had four defensive players on yeah. the field and then they threw it to a lineman? I mean, I've been saying it all year. You you can you need to get some beef in there. You need to get an Antoine Woods or maybe a Fleming or yeah. Connor Williams or whatever. You need to get bigger guys. Ola Wally's not that type of fullback. They need that kind of stuff. If you want to go eight men, we'll, we'll take our guys. And it doesn't work with your tight ends because your tight ends are light in the ass. They're not big. They're not big tight ends. They don't push people off the ball. So you need big, fat guys that can push people off the ball. And they figured out in, in the rest of the part of the field, when they spread it out, now teams are basically backing off. You're not seeing that safety down in the box nearly as much when the Cowboys spread it out when they're in you know 20 to 20. But when they get down the red zone, they figure out that's the way to do it. So maybe going wide at that point is not the best thing, like you said. Yeah. Maybe it is scrunching in there. Get your best, your biggest guys on the field, and then you got all these different areas where you feel like you can find your running back can find a hole and be able to. Maybe Tavon can help here if he comes maybe. back. That's a really good point. That helps a lot. It's hindsight's twenty twenty. It's it's always going to be. It will be the age old debate. You know, and you know, we'll say, "Why aren't you running the ball?" And they'll say, "The look is terrible for running the ball." And at this point, we've seen them try to outsmart everybody week in and week out, and it hasn't ever worked. It's at no point this season has it really worked on a How consistent basis. How many times basis. have they scored the whole, uh, up until this point of the season when they're in the red zone? 
Do y'all know? Touchdowns? I wish yeah, you yeah. wouldn't put me on the spot like this on a Monday morning. I think, I, they're, I think they're last. They're, they're 30th and 31st. They're bad. In red zone? They're bad. Just touchdown percentage. Yeah. yeah in goal-to-goal situations or in red zone? Yeah. I, I, red, I don't know. It would have to be red zone. Yeah. I haven't seen that goal-to-goal situation, but... That's where that's where they really struggle. Seems but well, anything. My to, to finish off my point is just like, just try. Why not just try? I mean, I know your offensive line is hurt. It's not the offensive line you thought you'd have at the start of the season. They're still pretty good. From what I hear, every single week the runner matters, and so give them a chance because it, it can't be any worse than not connecting on any of these passes. So. I would at least try it. I, I feel like if they tried it more on first down, you know, we, we said it in one of the plays on first down, they threw it to Beasley, which he's never going to be open on that one. He's not going to go up and get it. So I don't, I didn't like that call at all. And then on second down, they got two yards and then third down, uh-huh. he had, but on first down, if you can get one to two yards and then you're just kind of slowly inching it to the point where you might be a four down territory. If you can get down inside that one on fourth down, if not scoring before that. So I just feel like they need to do a, much better job, and I agree with Dave. You know, let let Zeke. I mean, he's the guy that got you down there for the most part. Let's let's figure it out. Let's yeah. see if they can stop him. What may- play was that? Where I can't remember. Where Zeke ran it, and he had like six guys on him, and he still got like three yards. Do y'all remember? He get. <sighs> it was one specific Ever play last, last night. night. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. My point is, yeah, he, he turned- can push. Oh, he gracious. can push. He can get. One, at least one, but even three yards, even if he has like five guys on top of him, he has, it's yeah. crazy, the strength he's, of his lower body has. strength is unbelievable. He, he can push it You're in right. there and, and move the chains up and get you a, a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the Cowboys are just going to have to figure out something. Whatever it is. I, and to be honest with you, I don't care whether they run the ball or pass the ball. Whatever they're going to do, they better be, get better at it. Because right now, they can't sustain getting in the red zone with the regularity that they are. Because they're maintaining the ball. They had, they had 45 uh, minutes of, of time of possession yesterday. That's amazing. They ran 98 to, plays. Right. It, to have 12, the ball that much stuff. and not have the points to show for it. They just can't sustain that when they're playing up against good teams, especially when they get into the playoffs. And so I really – I love everything they did yesterday. I love the game plan. They just got to figure out the red zone. If they figure that out, they are going to be extremely deadly when it comes time to play in the playoffs. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this defense. Cowboys defense showed up again yesterday, played a monstrous game. We'll talk about it when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. If you're like me and you love – I mean, if you have a thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract, just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVnow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 and less canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to Talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. 
The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Talking the Cowboys win over the Philadelphia Eagles 29-23 in overtime. They did not choke. They managed to uh, to get the win there, and it was a uh, sweet win for them. Not true. Huh? Not true. I, 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 think, true. I think they did. That's exactly what the Cowboys did. Nope. Nope, they did. Nope. Mm. Nope. Got a debate A choke here. means you lose. You can't choke and win. A choke means you lose. Can I finish my sentence? Sure, go ahead. Okay. A choke means you lose. <laughs> right. Well, as choke means you lose. The Marcus Lawrence said, "You get to overtime, you get the ball, uh-huh. you choke their ass out, and you don't right. you don't give them a chance to do anything." So yeah. the Eagles were down. They got the ball. And they choked out the game. Oh, you're trying to flash. See what you. Do. I'm just saying they did. He said. The we guy, ever just first, what's his name? What's his name? Kamu Gruger here. Kamu I heard Gruger it Hill. 14 different ways yesterday, so I, I'm a little confused. That guy played his ass off, though. He I'll did give him good. credit for that. He, he really did, did come out firing he better. But, but and he said, we know the Cowboys, they'll choke. And, you know, there was a point in the game where they were like, oh, are they going to choke this game? But in the- Oh, you know when they scored there to, before overtime to go to overtime, you know they were saying, see, we got him. Mm-hmm. We got him right where we want him. The Cowboys, I mean – yeah, unbelievable. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that drive, but I don't know really who that guy on the sideline was with the headset and the red hair. I don't really know who he was yesterday. It was a different guy. <laughs> the press press conference was different. Let's Some talk about game. that. that there, there was an aggressive side of Garrett that we're not used to seeing. Liked it. And they're on the, the fourth down in overtime when he decides we're going to go for it. They were fourth and one. Um, they were at the Philadelphia 19. Mind you, on third and one, they tried to run it and got nothing. So for him to go right back at it and say, we're going again, mm-hmm. we're going to run the ball, and, and again, not try to trick it up. Not, no, we're going we're gonna to go right back, we're going to run the ball, we're going to get this first down, we're going to keep this drive moving, and we're going to go for the win, right? And to me, that was, that was not what we typically ascribe to Jason Garrett. If anything, he plays the percentages, and the percentages say in that situation, kick your field goal, let your good defense, your really good defense, make a stop and win the ball game. Mm-hmm. What yeah, do you guys think? Kudos to Jason Garrett for understanding, you know, the ebbs and flows of a game, which is something that he talked about in the press conferences. Defense has been outstanding all season long. They're a big part of the reason why this team's eight and five. They were not outstanding down the home stretch of that game. They let the Eagles do whatever they wanted the last two or three possessions there. I mean, who the hell knows? Maybe, maybe you make a play, but it doesn't, didn't seem smart to try to kick a field goal and put them back out there and give a quarterback who who could have won NFL MVP last year a chance to walk off and beat you on your home field. I thought it was great. Uh, you know, we talked about it. He he talked about it too. Somebody in the press conference brought up the Houston game and how that factored. And uh, you know, he made the Ooh, very you know, yeah. what did he say? Uh, it was a little. He was a little testy. He was. It, he, he, okay. was he was a different. Right. He was a different guy last night. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but it was basically you know. 
you know, those analytics guys who make every decision in a vacuum, mm -hmm. you know, they have to understand the, the flow and feel of a game. And, you know, we we forced Houston to punt seven times in the second half of that game. Uh, Sometimes you have to trust the guys that are actually there and have actually played the game. Yeah, he, <laughs> I think he said, he's right. like, you know, the, the coaches who are part of the game make the decisions and the men on the field execute the plays or something and, kind of. Not so subtly insinuating, like you, ma up. you math nerds can go back to your classroom. <laughs> yeah. Which, for the record, I don't agree with him. I, analytics are very important, in my opinion. But it and, and maybe good he's not saying they're not important, but he's saying good. that they're not everything. They're like, not. They're that's not. the point. They're but, not everything. And they are important in in the course of a game. And he even said, he goes, "I'm not trying to compare games, but I, I believe we stopped the Texans nine times in a row, and we weren't blocking them very well that day, and we just had, had gotten stopped, and it just was different. I it felt like we needed to punt the ball." and put it on our defense in this game he said we had the ball for 45 minutes we were driving on him we were wearing him down and we felt like we had a better chance to get it so you know I, I think you do look at analytics especially in the middle of a game you know and, and you don't have to have the the stats in front of you, you just kind of can watch the game and go yeah this is you know do we have a play that that, that can work to get it and in both cases you know, it was fourth and two, really, in the Houston game. This wasn't. This was a long one. This wasn't inches. This was fourth and a little bit more than one. And I don't think Zeke got it at first. I mean, I don't think the blocking gave it to him. I think he was kind of hit, and he had to make a move, and it then he put the ball out. Very reminiscent of a similar situation against the Packers yep. last year. Pulled uh, the ball out. He That's didn't. Right. He did not have it, and he stuck his hand over and got the line to gain. Great play by him. The runner does matter clearly. Yeah. Uh, That's the type of play that we're talking about, though. That type of play of like down at the goal line. See, give him a shot. Yeah. yeah, I take my shot. No, absolutely. It yes. If you want to go back to that, yes, like. He, you drafted him fourth overall. Have faith that even when the defense is gearing up to stop him, he can still get it done. Like, it's troubling that they have no faith in him to do that in the red zone. Regardless, it was, in my opinion, the only decision and therefore the right decision, and it obviously worked. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have killed him if it hadn't worked because I think you got to get, you know, you ran 98 plays. Your offense had played well between the 20s. You don't want to put that on your defense with the way Carson Wentz was kind of grooving at the end of that game. Thought it was great. You know, if, if they have been do doing that this whole time, giving it to Zeke, then you can trick the defenses even more into whenever you decide to throw a pass and maybe you become more successful at actually getting someone the ball. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I, I keep thinking about freaking red zone. I'm just upset. I was so upset. I was so upset last night. And even I after started, the game? Well, no. Don't be that no. guy. Don't no, 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 no. During, during the game, after the game, I was just shaking. I was feeling sick for real. Like, that game made me feel some type of way, and it was not good. But at the end, yes, it was, it was good. My point is, and I'm seeing questions here on Twitter, people asking about the kicker. I don't know if you're going to get into that, we Derek. We should, yes. Uh, well, okay, I'll get, let you get there then. No, go ahead. Actually, just, just go ahead ask the question. Right, just go ahead ask the question. No, starting to talk about concerns about the kicker. Yeah. Are you still concerned? And me personally, and I take this topic very serious because I'm a kicker person. And <laughs> what is a kicker person? No, never mind. I'm pro kicker. I, I don't. Uh, I don't like blaming the kicker when you have bigger concerns. I got you. Got it. That being said going back to the red zones and actually scoring six points and all that. But after you see uh, Brent Maher miss a field goal, why, 
from what yard was that? 47. 47. And then he makes a 62-yarder. Does this still give you concerns, or are you still okay with just keep moving with him? Both. I mean, both. I'm, you know, I'm okay going with him, and I am still have concerns. I mean, the 62-yard, it's only a very small percentage of times where that's even an, an acceptable kick to even attempt. Uh, it has to be at the end of the half or a game like that. And, you know, 47 yards, I mean, you look at the kick, I mean, it was – you know, I put that play. I put that on Tyron Smith. I thought Tyron Smith actually cost him three points. I haven't said that very often in his career, but I thought he did. There, he had a couple of bad penalties and blocks, and that's the difference in that kick. I think. I mean, it just missed it by a little bit. But if you look around the league, look at the Eagles guy. It happens. There's just not many steady. At this kickers. point, you're not really considering changing the to, kicker. At the risk of sounding like Mickey, look, who who's, who's unemployed? Who's, yeah. who's yeah, unemployed? Better. That's a definitive upgrade. That's the yeah. hard part. Yeah. At that, like, if you're making that change, then you it's just knee jerk. I'm mad because I want to be mad. BS. But, and that's I think Brett Maher is like the perfect encapsulation. He's the perfect kicker for this team, honestly, because he he can be maddeningly inconsistent, and then he can do something absolutely nuts and wonderful, like hit a 62 yard kick. He's both. This team is both. They're <laughs> capable of being three and five. They're capable of being on the cusp of winning the division at eight and five. Like it's it's just I think perfect kicker for a very wacky season. I think Bailey had seven or eight uh, game winning field goals uh, in his career. Seven in you know seven plus years. Sounds about right. You know Maher's got two. I mean it's got two this year. He's made the two opportunities that he's had, and, and of course he's you know he set the record obviously for that's uh, the ninth uh, longest field goal you know, and, and the history of the league. So that, and that, that gives you something that other guys don't have. You don't, there's some kickers that you don't have the ability to even right. do that. Um, I absolutely do not have the peace of mind, like peak Dan Bailey, like the peak of his career. If it was inside 55, yeah. I had this inner peace where I was like, this is going through. I have, I do not have that when Maher lines up for anything, Yeah, but I'm comfortable with it, I mean, like I said, what's better, and and he's played well enough that it's fine. Like it's it is what it is. Yeah, I don't know that you're going to get better. And when they you look, certainly you look at Dan Bailey, who you had on your team. He ain't being, he's not better right now. No. So you, you did with the best you could with what you had, and you kind of keep rolling with it. And the thing I do like about him is he will allow you to make up for that 47 yard miss with a 62 yard make. So if if he can Moments do that for me, too. yeah, if he could do that for me, then I feel pretty good about where I am. I don't feel great as as Dave was saying like if, if you're in a game, there used to be a time with ba Bailey after the touchdown, uh, if I had to go to the restroom, if I had to go get some water, I'd run right after that. Like you know you were going to get the extra point. I don't yeah. anymore. I don't feel comfortable about anything. But once again, he gives you something as far as the range that he has. He gives you something that maybe you didn't have. And Bailey is not doing well at all in Minnesota, and and that's you know important because I guarantee if somebody was out there better, Zimmer would would go get him because I mean no he, he's he's talked about it on the air. He doesn't trust his kicker right now. I don't think they can find a better option. Nor should he. I mean yeah. Dan's having a horrible year by his standards. Yeah. So you know, and, and that happens. I mean, Vinatieri is is just a different guy because. The best of all time, they fall down. I mean, they, they um, Vanderjack, we've seen it here in Dallas. I mean, he was the best at one point. Can Happens. we just, and that, yes, I agree, I completely agree. But I, can we just talk about how insane, just overall, like, I'm just thinking about it, like, as one of the longest kicks in NFL history is like a footnote in that stupid game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he couldn't even make our top 10. We're going to roll out later today, 10 best players on the team. I mean, I think setting. Cowboy record with 62 yarder 
Cowboys ran 93 total plays. They almost hit the 600-yard mark. They had 100 yards and penalties. They turned the ball over three times. There were four turnovers. It's almost a touchdown in the game. Of penalties. Uh, let's. Wow. Well, I one wanna... guy. One guy's doing it. Yeah. I mean this this guy. Yeah. He, he just doesn't. Un- I just don't think he understands the rules. I, I will say this though. One of those Gregory. plays. The one of those plays. Yeah, it took sack, me a minute, and then I was like, I just oh, wanted sure. to make the sure. sack. I I am a little bit torn on that one, just because um, from where from way I heard, I went back and watched the game. And they had the uh, the former ref talking about yeah, the play, Pereira. Pereira, and and he mentioned he was like, well, the intent of the the, the call is really that you don't want guys having uh, momentum type hits, you don't want guys taking shots at guys' legs. What you are trying to encourage is wrapping up and tackling, which is exactly what he did. So yeah. even though he went at the leg, he actually grabbed the leg. He didn't hit the leg. He grabbed the leg and twisted to bring him down, which is what they're encouraging players to do. So Pereira's like, I don't know if I would have called that. I think this is exactly what you're encouraging them to do. I know the letter of, of the law here says that you don't want them hitting low, but he didn't really hit him low. So I, that's one I, I don't know that I would call. So I would give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. The other, come on, man. You, come on. You just got to know. In <laughs> today's hit, NFL, yeah. you got to know if the ball's out. It doesn't do you any good to hit this hit a, hit a quarterback. It just yeah. doesn't. Nah. Nothing good's going to come out of it. And, you know, he did get a sack um, earlier in the game, but – you know, and, and and he he provided some good pressure. So I mean, it, you, it's good having him out there. Um, but he, those that penalties is hard. That is hard though when it comes to hitting the quarterback and right. you're playing that position. I mean, that's yeah, what right you're here. aiming to do. But at the same time, when you're just having all that rush in you and just in momentum, it's hard to manage where you're hitting them, how hard. When I job. mean, it, it's tough. Yeah, that's the job. It is the job, but Shoulder it's just it's a lot thighs. harder than it looks. Yeah, Shoulder no doubt. Thigh, that's it. That's all you. And, and they're moving too. Yeah. And as soon if he ducks down when you're trying to hit him here and your helmet's hit, then it, it, they don't care. To me, it's the same thing. You you got baseball where you got a ball this big that's being thrown at almost 100 miles an hour that's in a particular zone, and you got to try to hit it. Like it's hard. That's yeah. why it's hard to be a professional. But that's the job. That's the way it's been described to them. That's the way they've been coached at this point. So that's what they got to do. They got to do that, or they're going to risk getting their, their team a penalty. That could cost them a game. Yeah. Jake Elliott hit his 26-yard field goal with 12 to play in the fourth to make it 9-9. Nine to nine. So the first 48 minutes of this game produced 18 points, <laughs> and the last 20 minutes of it produced 34. Right. That's amazing. It, 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 I, I said this last night, too. It's just, I mean, I, I always think I've seen the craziest game, and I'm always wrong. But, you know, the funny thing is, Dave, you, you mentioned at the beginning that this was the worst game to watch. I actually love these kind of games just because I keep anticipating what's going to happen, especially when they're good teams. I feel like, okay, something's going to happen here at some point. And certainly most of the time it feels like there comes a point when it opens up and then it starts rolling. And then when it starts going – both teams just start going, you know? You've seen this so many times in the NFL. couple thoughts. Um, first, like, the four of us and probably anybody that's listening to this, different breed. Like, we're a different level of football fan than the average. Maybe. One. That's just, sorry. It's snobby, but it's true. Uh, and then also, you know, we cover this team. Our livelihoods are connected to this team. And if you're listening, you care intimately about this team. It makes it more entertaining. If you are... Joe Schmo from Baltimore and the Ravens just got done losing to the Chiefs and this is the only game on. That was a miserable. <laughs> you probably fall asleep. That was a miserable. First and then you wake quarters. up like, oh wow, the game really got good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then yeah, it I'm got good. And and you're right. And I mean, that's the way the NFL's dev- designed. Most of these games get good at some point. Yeah. But the first seventy five percent of this game sucked. It yeah. just did. 
Yeah. But I think the last 25% more than made up for made it. Made up for it because this became a very, very good game. Let's talk a little bit real quickly about this offensive line, though. Um, last night, although the Cowboys get the win, Zach Martin goes down. Um, and ironically, I, I don't know if it was the best game for Zach. That sack fumble mm-hmm. uh, was given up by Zach Martin, which, again, is not something you're used to seeing him, him do. Uh, but Michael Bennett got around him um, and then ends up with the, uh, with the sack fumble. Uh, but but what have you guys heard, I guess, at this point regarding Zach's injury and, and what the prognosis prognosis could be? The line is that they don't think he has done any further structural damage okay. to his knee. It, he's, he's been dealing with an MCL sprain. I, I wonder about that because if you go all the way back to August, he hyperextended his knee in that loss to the Bengal or the I don't even remember uh, who won preseason, pre-season game. game hyperextended it. I don't know if that is related at all to this, but he had that. And that was then, when it first happened? Well, that's I, I honestly, I can't say for sure that they're connected, but my point is yeah, that yeah, he yeah. has been dealing with a knee injury of some sort since August. Mm-hmm. Sprained his MCL in the loss to Washington at Washington and has had some type of aggravation to the problem pretty much every week since. Um but so the fact if there's no further structural damage and I'm sure they're running evaluations on that and Garrett will have some type of update today. But it just I mean, basically he aggravated it and it's going to keep bothering him probably when he was drafted in 2014. I'm sure I don't know this, but he had an aunt or a cousin that said, oh, like an when, are you, when are you going to when are you going to come play in Indianapolis? He's like, oh, I don't, <laughs> we won't be there until 2018. Yeah, we'll see what, what happens then if I'm still playing or whatever. 2018. And that's it. And here we are. 2018, this is the chance he's going to come back to play his hometown, and he's and he's banged up. He may not play, and he's they won't play in Indianapolis again for eight years. So <laughs> this could be the only time that he plays there. I don't know if – I mean – that won't matter to Jim Maurer, Britt Brown, and those guys. That won't matter to that because they, they got to make sure he's healthy. That's important. There's no and I remember, you know, he was a top, he was a top twenty pick. He did not go to the green room. He was at his family's house in Indianapolis. That's where he decided to spend the first night of the draft. So clearly, that's important to him. Also, you got a chance to clinch the division and make the playoffs in your hometown. Or, you know, it's a pretty special opportunity, yeah. Zach, again, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, players' health is more important than anything, but he is definitely in that category of guy, much like Tyron Smith, where I will believe he's not going to play yeah. when the inactives come out and he's on the list because yeah. he's a tough mofo. How did Connor Williams perform, though, in his absence? I didn't see any issues, really. I, they started scoring, so once they got Zach out of there and Connor went in there, <laughs> they started opening it up. <laughs> I didn't see any really issues with with him. I mean, I, I honestly, not not to sound like, as an excuse, but we saw fifteen to sixteen minutes of football from the field at the end zone, so we didn't expect to see that much football down there. Some some key plays, a sack fumble there. I, I don't really know who was at fault there. Um, somebody asked me that who who gave up the sack. I, I, there, there at the end of the game, I was like, everybody. I thought it sounded like it was a party <laughs> at Dak. Yeah, it was a group effort. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think anyone played great. I mean, I, I thought Looney probably played one of his worst games. Tyron certainly had some some miscues yeah. as far as penalties were concerned that you're yeah. not used to seeing him get. I think Swafilo held up okay. I mean, I think. I don't know. It's. I mean, yeah, I haven't watched it back. I haven't read Broadus's thing. Uh, Tough but line, man. Connor, yeah. what? I mean, 
Zach got hurt with a decent amount of time to play. I yeah. at the very least because we were still in the press box when it happened. Right, right after the the Zeke penalty yeah. when Zeke lowered his head. So and... Connor was in there for probably four possessions, if I had to guess, and yeah. I think they scored on three of them. So I guard controversy going on here. Eyeball <laughs> test says he probably played pretty well. All right, we're going to take our final break. Come back, get some questions from you guys. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. We still do have to talk about this defense and their performance yesterday. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Back to the break. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star talking about the Cowboys' big win over the Eagles. Nick, tell us about Tommy John. You know, we don't have time to jack around today. Put Tommy oh. John on your ass. I mean, just what? do it. Just yeah, buy it. Yeah, I mean, Nick. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or girl. If you're buying for a guy or girl, go get some Tommy John and put it on your ace. Can't. Why would somebody need Tommy John? He's not going to Why have would it. they need it? He's not going to have the drop <laughs> ready. Why would they need Tommy John? Because he's got an ass. Oh, Amber got it. <laughs> Amber got it. I didn't. I like Good. it. All right. We're going to jump right back in. Let's start. Let's finish up this conversation on the game on the Dallas defense. Uh, once again, a stellar performance for them. Their fourth quarter, a little bit shaky, but all things considered, they played a phenomenal game, in my opinion. I do think they're in the fourth quarter, particularly in the later part of the fourth quarter where they gave up the two touchdowns. Um, I think some of that was probably because they were playing a little looser, probably trying not to give up the big play, although they did end up giving up 
one that got called back. Horrible call, by the way. Um, but all that being considered, what do you guys think from the standpoint of how the defense played yesterday? Which one was horrible call? The, the Goddard play. I didn't oh, even. Yeah. That was another one that happened while we were call. down there. I didn't. See. They scored anyway. Yeah, they did. I'm just saying, but it was a horrible call. And and it, I wonder how it would have affected the game because now instead of them having to get several more plays in order to get to the end zone, that was a quick strike. Do the Cowboys you know, go down and score? Do they score quickly and force give the Eagles time to come back and score? Like, there's a lot that could have changed that game have, if that play would have held. Yeah, and this would have been one of the five plays if they hadn't scored. The play before that deep ball to Jeffrey yeah. laid out there, he pushed off on Cheeto to get the separation. Cheeto got up and was telling the ref was pushed off by uh, one of the safeties, Xavier Woods, I think. The very next play was that touchdown, and so that the refs were looking. And was it the same ref? Yeah. Because it was a ref that was downfield yes. that made the, the call. Offensive yeah. interference, yes. Okay. So sometimes when you complain for the, those calls, it's not about getting that one changed. It's the next one. Yeah, because they ain't going to change it. They're never going to change the call, but they're going to be looking at it, and they looked at it there. So It's, you know, I always, I grade on a curve, and it's, it's funny how, you know, the season can kind of change your perception because, like, in a vacuum, 23 points, 222 passing yards – 2.4 yards per carry like they played great they played a really nice game but those you know crunch time is what weighs in your mind and you're like oh, that's probably the biggest gain byron gave up all year on the the one to jeffrey right there at the pylon right in front of us yeah. i mean like i said like when when the chips were down it, the eagles had basically no problem at all so i'm kind of weighing like well objectively they played a pretty good game but it also they they did not play up to the standard that they have We're getting set. Spoiled. We're no, getting and, spoiled. No, and no, you're absolutely right. Like <laughs> defense. to think to think that I would be nitpicking about a defensive performance by the Dallas Cowboys is is insane. Because right. and you know you think about the game Zach Ertz had last time, Byron Jones helped limit him to five catches for 38 yards. He was a non-factor. Yeah. Um, so they clearly played pretty well, but the standard has been set so high that now you're finding things to nitpick. I, my main impression is that I'm pissed. Because if they'd scored one fewer, if the, if they had held them to sixteen, they'd be the number one scoring defense in football right now. Because yeah. the Ravens gave up an uncharacteristically high number yesterday, and they're just they're right behind them because they gave up twenty three. Yeah, I think. But Amber, I think you hit the nail on the head when you say we're spoiled. Because really, if you go back a game before that to the Saints game, remember we were on the sideline and I was talking about how you know an elite defense has to finish, mm -hmm. and what did they do? They finished that game. And in this instance, you probably – I know I was expecting, like, they're going to do the same thing to them they did to the Saints. Like, they're about to finish this game and finish it strong by getting them off the field. And then twice they allowed the, the Eagles to drive down and get touchdowns. But in the grand scheme of things, I think when you're playing division teams, you have to sometimes figure out a way to win. And, and in this instance, the offense was going to have to be the ones to figure out a way to win, and that's what they did. That's the nature of a good team is everything's not going to work out as in, in the ideal way that you would expect it to every week. And that's, well, that was my, that's what I said at the top of the show. Is like, that's, football is so great. And I, um, I think it was, it was the Washington loss. The defense played a pretty damn good game. You know, the, the Redskins scored a, de a defensive touchdown, so they really only gave up 13 points. And, Tyrone Crawford was like, well, we just, we got to play better. We got to get more, you know, we got, we, if, if it's going to be one of those days where we have to pick up the slack, then that's what we got to do. And that's on us. And you saw him do that against the saints. And then this week they, they didn't have it at the end, but the offense picked him up. And I mean, it takes both sides over the course of what, I guess yeah. that game was, that game was 70 minutes, but. And they, just, and they did so cool. many, so many things throughout the game to kind of keep them in there. I mean, to keep, keep yeah. the Eagles down like the defense that. defense I mean, got them to the finish line and the offense pulled them over it. Yep.
And I, I'm, one of the things that concerns me sometimes or that I think about, and I know it's part of the game and they get paid a ton of money to play it and they got trainers and professionals that know how to cure them throughout the week and get them back to being healthy. But thinking of the way that the defense plays and how much energy and effort and work they like put out on the field, I'm like, okay, can they keep this going? Like, week to week, Sunday to Sunday. I mean, it takes a lot of work and effort, and you have to think about that and get your offense to help you out because you can't always, always, always rely on your defense. Yeah, but you know the thing about that is their offense is helping them out. Think about the number of plays yesterday that the offense had where they were on the field. Even when they ended in just three points or they ended in a turnover, you look at a time of possession of 45-plus minutes – and that means that only, you know, the, the Eagles had, what, 22, I want to say, minutes or so. I mean, you look at the time of possession, the defense is getting helped out. That's why they can yeah. expend as much energy is because the amount of time that they're spending on the field this season is remarkably skewed toward their offense. And so when they come on, they're very well rested. They're refreshed. They're ready to go. And because they're playing so well, they tend to get a lot of three and outs. Yesterday they had four three and outs. So when they get three and outs, they go right back to the sideline, put the offense back on the field for another four, five, six-minute drive. You so I think, it, I think it works right now. It really does. You aren't wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but Am I ever? Yes. I'm just saying. Rico, five touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> you had to bring that up. Good point. <laughs> you know what would help them a lot more than all of that is What's that? points. I mean, Great. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> first half possessions, punt, field goal, interception in the end zone, missed field goal, field goal. So and and, and you're not going to score every time. I get that. But it could have been at least 13 to nothing yeah. at half. No doubt about and, it. And, and, and hey, the other, you know, I I get one of the things that aggravates me the most is people are like, they could have put this team away. They should be up 20. Like, it's the NFL. You don't think of putting them away. You, you might get to put somebody away like three times per season. They're That's already, a lot. They beat know. the Jags 40 to 7. That was, yeah. your, that was yeah. your easy win. Like, you don't get any more in the right. NFL right. unless yeah. you're truly special, which this team is not truly special. Not the way they play. The, the way they play doesn't but lend itself to putting teams away just like that. There aren't that many teams that yeah. get to do that, period. Right. The, the, the Kansas, I mean, the Saints had an epic run where they beat like four teams in a row 50 to 10 great good for them it just doesn't happen that often 27 points is the difference of in the five wins 27 points they're all one possession games i mean and i and 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 all year all the wins are one possession games except for jacksonville but it's still okay to be frustrated that they left at least 10 points on the field and they've done it they do it consistently why amber because they don't do their job the right way in the red zone. And it's uh, it's going to be problematic for them in the postseason if they don't figure something out. Yep. Or if they no figure around. it out, then it gives them a real – they have a really great shot it's, of doing something see, in the playoffs. That's, that's why, the whole point. That's why this is so beautiful because I'm like, this is why it's terrible. And you're like, but this is why it could be good. Like, right. you're the optimist. But that's what I don't understand, yeah. though. I mean, we're in week 14. You would think that would be something that you would have figured out by now. Sometimes it's something it that like you've that. been struggling. They didn't figure the out how to win until week nine. Hold so, I mean, <laughs> but there's yeah. but there's two ways to look at this too, though. That your defense is playing to the point where you, you when you get down there, you need to get some points. Now that that throw, you know, he missed it by just a few inches there. When you get down inside inside the ten, I think they're a little bit more conservative. Um, and when they do that, I mean, they're, they're trying to get the field goal. They have a defense that you can lean on. This defense shut down the Saints. So 
I mean, yeah, you can say it's going to hurt them in the playoffs, and it might, and you've got to get touchdowns, but the defense is good enough to kind of lean on right there. Mm-hmm. So sometimes getting a field goal is is important. I mean, I, I I thought when they went down there and they got up, you know, 9 nothing. I thought, you know, yeah, you should you wanted them to score, but being up two scores was important there. Yep. I, oh, yeah, no, that was – I said that on Twitter last night. I'm the king of – I, I want to go for it all the time. I want to be super aggressive. But you got to take a two-possession lead when you're presented with an opportunity yeah. to do it. Right. Uh, let's take a call from John in Maryland. John, what up? Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for taking my call. Well, it's afternoon in Maryland anyway. Um, I'm going to touch up these points that uh, I completely agree. Um, number one, the officiating is horrific, not just for the game last night. But uh, throughout the NFL, uh, even with the Rams-Bears game, even the Kansas City uh, Rams, um, uh, Kansas City Ravens game. But what is going on with officiating? Number one, why is it so horrific this year? And number two, I know we have we have um, there's limits there's limits on um, uh, how much we can play players. But a guy like Dak Prescott, why don't we bring in the best quarterback guru? Uh, quarterback whisperer, so we can help this guy. His fight is is immense, but his talent, the way he almost blew that game last night for us, it kind of takes away from all the good things he did. Thank you very much for taking my call. All right, thanks for the call. Nothing takes away from the good things he did because almost blowing a game is, is okay if you didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I get that the, just the brutal truth of the NFL? It, it's I, true, though. It's I get very the true. point. That you're, you, when you live dangerously, you know what's the whole saying? You know, you play with fire, you're gonna get burned. I get yeah. it, and, and he's he's that way, you know. And they kind of did it in the playoffs in in um, 2016, you know. But I think that I don't know about the officiating. I think the officiating is 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 what it is. I mean, it's bad at times. It's good. It, it's that's. I, I, I I'm it bad. I don't even know what what was the. I'm bad glad call? You, it it. I mean, I, it sucked. The the Goddard. I mean, call, that first that the, first play of the game. That was a bad call. It's a bad. We one. all saw it. That was a bad. That call. was crap. The yeah. the decision to pull out the. You know, I'm the guy that sat here and said the running back lowering his head rule is going to be irrelevant by the end of the preseason, and it was until December when literally they were like, let's pull, let's dust the cobwebs out on that in the middle Although, of a game that's going to decide the NFC East. That play Why? was the textbook version. I hadn't seen that happen all season. I mean, it was it was basically what they said they were trying to stop, which is running back, running in the open field. He lines up a guy and then lowers his head and, and run, batters, batters him. Like, that's exactly what the rule is. So that's I don't think the, the, rule. the rule was called. Now, you can argue whether the NFL should have the rule. Right. That's a whole different thing. But it, it was not a bad call. I guarantee you it wasn't the first time that's happened this season. In the 200 and whatever games that we've played in the NFL, it was not the first time it's happened. But it was the first time it's been flagged. I, I, you know, I don't have a direct I don't like line. The call. I don't have a direct line to Goodell, Get but pushed in the back. But he, but he lowered his head though, Nick. He, He's lowering he his head. He ran. Yeah. But the running back, like, how running back, for yards and not. That's it's, I get that, but y'all right now are arguing right. the no, rule, no, no. and that's well, fine. No. You can argue the rule. I'm with I'm, you. No, but like I said, for for us, like I think there's 49 games left in the schedule, which means we've played 210, give or take, and that's the first time they've called it. Horse is that the first crap. time they've called that's, across the league? That's what I heard last night. Really? Yes. They have not been calling. That means it has to have happened. Jeez. They have got not the been. First snap infraction. Got the first. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Which first. There's actually, a lot of first snap around here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Contra- what else? You I'm got? Gonna contra- I'm gonna contradict <laughs> myself now because, as animated as I just got about that, like, I don't. 
I don't get like who the officiating quote unquote sucks every week because it's 22 gigantic, super freakish men trying to kill each other 150 times a game. Like there's a penalty on every play. No ref can be perfect and you can't robotically call this thing. So to sit here and piss and moan about it after the fact is, is I just I don't have the energy to get I just upset don't know about what it. a clear recovery is when a guy comes up with the ball. Like that, I well, but, that's, but the, that's not only bad. that, but you saw it. you saw the ball it's as it came first. Like, it came out, and it was there was a guy on top of the ball. Like literally, he didn't have it in his clutches, but he was on top of the ball. And there was another guy from the same team, both Eagles, that was under him. And so, if that's happening, and then they come away with the ball, the same guy that was under him, there is a natural inclination he had the ball. You might not see it. But it's there. It exists, yeah. right? It didn't magically get there. So to me, it's just I just think that was a bad call. I, I agree that that's a bad I don't even say I want to say a bad rule. I don't know that I agree that that rule really makes as much of a difference as it as it should. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, he did what, what they told him not to do. You take the penalty, you move on. There were some bad calls, though, in that game that I yeah. think could have affected the game at the end of the day. I mean, they, they all do. And, yeah, that's sometimes it bites you in the ass when they flag LP Latticer for doing the same snap that he's always done. And sometimes it benefits you because somebody in New York doesn't know what the hell they're looking at on a replay. Like, there's something – Something terrible happens pretty much in every game. And that, I mean, honestly, that's just football. Like, you know, it's college football. It's definitely high school football because they don't even have the benefit of replay. So I don't well, know. I don't know, have the energy to you get You can mad call holding on every play, <laughs> but one of those Tyron plays, you know, I know I said he cost him three points, whatever, but one of those plays is, is it holding or is it just kicking the guy's ass? I mean, like, like he has his hands right here and he puts them down on the ground. I mean, I don't know if it's one thing if you're holding so he doesn't tackle the guy, but if you put a defensive end on his ass, like, I don't think you're really holding the guy. I think you're putting him down. I think that's, a, and again, going back to my point, you're talking about this hap- this stuff happens in a half second, a yeah. blink of an eye, because they're so fast. And the ref saw Tyron put his hand on the outside of the shoulder pad where the logo is, and they're just trained. They're like call when, that, you, yeah. when you see that hand placement, it's a flag. So even if it's not, they're going to call it. And that's how they're trained. Like they're they're told when you get your hands outside, you you can get a holding call. Like that's how they're trained. And to the other point, uh, I don't know, like. With three weeks left in the season, like I, I again, I don't have the energy to debate the coaching stuff right now either, because like they're not, they're not going to come in and fire Kellen Moore today, and, and they're not going <laughs> to do it next week either. Right. And so that's a conversation for January or February. And the way this offense is played, like the whole scope of it, there's plenty of conversation to be had about the future direction of the offense going forward. But why? I mean, why? Why waste your breath on it right now? So, in the season, you keep rolling with whatever you got going on. Especially when you're winning five games. Exactly. Row. And we just kind of re- reset this. Uh, they've got three games to go. They win one of the three games. They win the division. If if they don't win any of those three, either the Eagles or Redskins who play each other, wh- the winner of that has to has to win them all. So nobody can slip up on over there, the Eagles or Redskins, and the Cowboys have to lose, all have to lose them all. That's the only way that they don't win it's the division. Very very unlikely. It's very it's possible, but it's a slim, slim chance. And this weekend, both of them could lose. I mean, the, you got the Eagles playing the Rams, who are coming off a loss, by the way. They're second of the season. 
Um, and then you've got the Redskins going to play the Jaguars. And the way they played against the Giants, wow. they could lose all three. Yeah, like they, they are just they are not the same team with with Mark Sanchez under Mark Sanchez even their defense. The that was a really good defense. I thought through a good part of the season. Yeah. They've just fallen off here in the last couple of weeks and are playing really horrible. And so, if they find a way past the Jags, they got to play a Tennessee team that's right in the thick of the AFC playoff race. So and then the and the Eagles have to play the uh, Texans at yep. home. So I mean, it, it's not likely that they're going to win. I mean, Cowboys got the they still got the easiest schedule of the you know at the Colts, which is going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough game. And Tampa at home. Tampa played the Saints tough, and then they got the Giants. You never know what, what they're going to be playing at the end of the year. But beating beating the Colts would would be the easiest way to just take care of this. But yeah, I, if it's very very slim that this doesn't work itself out in favor of the Cowboys. And if the Bears would have lost to the Rams, which they did not, um, the Cowboys I think would have had the the lead on them. In the third, as the third seed, so, yeah. but you know, I don't know if that matters. I, I don't see both Dallas and the Bears winning at the Rams and the Saints, where yeah. that three versus four is going to really matter. I'd be surprised if. Yeah, but what I do love right now, I love that we're getting to see this this duality of the NFL. You're getting to see these really good offensive teams yeah. against these really good defensive teams, and so far this year, they're two of three, the best. Two defenses have won two of them, and then yesterday the uh, the Ravens yeah. played the uh, the Chiefs, and they barely lost. Um, so I'm loving what I'm seeing right now, and certainly for Cowboys fans, you got to love what you're seeing right now. I don't think about it though in terms of, and uh, I mean, yeah, you're probably not going to host an NFC title game right. as even as a three seed, but you're it, right what you're about to say. It'll slot your wild card game. Yeah, and, and and I do think there's a big difference between the first and the second because Seattle looks like they're playing well and then after that it's kind of be it's everyone's yeah. game so there is a difference between the three. and we will see that tonight Monday night football you got yep. Seattle and Minnesota right now they are the fifth and sixth seeds we'll see which one of them can win that Great game Seattle. and you'll get to see probably one of those teams uh, maybe the team the Cowboys play there to open the playoffs we'll do it we'll talk about more of that tomorrow till then for Nick Eatman Dave Hellman Amber Garcia I'm Derek Eagleton this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboys yeah!